Welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Tracy. And I'm Corbin Allen. And welcome to the Monday episode of the show. We've been very bad about making this episode happen in recent months. <laughs> but, probably months. Yeah. Uh, but here we are. We're, we're doing it. Um, as we are recording this, it is Sunday, October 9th, about 8.15 here on the East Coast, which means that the vast majority of NFL games for the day are wrapped up and in the books. And the um, all but one of the MLB wildcard weekend series is are wrapped up and in the books. The one remaining series that is still ongoing, <laughs> Austin Nola, been out, um, is Padres Mets, which is the only series that takes three games. Which um, I'm not Kinda surprised cool. that this I'm not surprised that this series took three games, but I am surprised it's the only series to go three games. Very um, honestly, looking back at all of them, I don't think I would have picked any of those teams to sweep. No, or for there just to be kind of sweeps in general. I mean, like with only it being a three game set, you know, you, so you only need to win two games to advance, you know. Mm-hmm. All right. Like that, it's not outrageous, but it is wild that like Tampa couldn't. They, like Cleveland won scoring three runs in two games. And that their two games took a cumulative uh, 24 innings. Which was awesome. That 15 inning outing was awesome. We were lucky enough to catch it uh, when we were getting lunch. And it was just, how is that not better than having an inning start with a guy on second base? I mean, come on. That game made me want to stab myself in the eyeballs. It wasn't pretty, but it was fun. What was worse, that game or the Colts um, Broncos game? Oh, fuck you. Because this Um, is something I was thinking about because everyone, this is a constant point of malignment uh, of MLB, which I partially agree with, which is that baseball is boring. And it's like, yeah, baseball is boring. But um, every sport has the capacity to be boring and in many ways painful. And seeing an NFL game like that was painful. Bad. Yeah, I think the football game was worse because at the very least, the Guardians game was a playoff game. And because it was six innings of overtime versus just having to sit through that game every at bat every pitch matters you know even you know I, I say that only in overtime throughout that entire game every pitch matters and only built up more and more anticipation as the game went on whereas you know exactly when that nfl game is going to end even if these two teams are too broken to end it on their own terms um I thought also then there's a slightly different feeling in terms of expectation. Mm-hmm. Like when you walk into a, an NFL game, and especially a primetime one, which do- doesn't technically mean anything, but there's still like the hype around it. So it still generates some feeling from within you, like emotionally, that something exciting is going to happen. Like there is a promise of excitement. 
which we know there isn't with an MLB game because we have seen, because in a 162 game season, we've seen plenty of games that just aren't exciting, which is fine. Like that, again, that is part of the sport. Um, so when a game goes 15 innings, it's like, Oh my God, this is taking forever, but it's not, you're not like caught off guard. Like something crazy, terrible is happening. Whereas when you're watching the utter schlock fest, that is Russell Wilson being wantonly incapable of, being a NFL quarterback, which is also strange to see. It's like, oh, not only is this not what I wanted, um, it's so much less than what I was expecting that it's causing me physical agony. I still cannot get over watching Russell Wilson in a Broncos uniform and just just having to, like what we talked about with juicing the big screen. I couldn't equate uh, Mickey Rooney from Mickey Rourke. Holy shit. We've done this so Mickey- many times on our movies <laughs> podcast. Yes. Mickey Rourke from the wrestler and Mickey Rourke in the film that we just watched. Angel heart, uh, angel heart. Thank you. Harry uh, angel. <laughs> Mickey Rooney, Russell Wilson on the Seahawks hall of fame level quarterback was a top five NFL quarterback for his entire career. Him in a Broncos uniform is just Brock Osweiler. Name me. This is an off the cuff thought. Name me an orange team that has a history of success. Islanders. Great in the eighties. Garbage everywhere else. Same thing goes with the Edmonton Oilers. Great in the eighties. Garbage every, every other, other time. Cleveland Browns, do I do you even have to say anything? Uh the Mets are are an embarrassment constantly. The the Broncos had Elway, and then you take out away the Elway era, and the one year Peyton Manning was really good. And it's like, okay, not much else going on here. What, what's a, um, the bank the Bengals? It took the Bengals 27 years to win a a, a playoff game. Like mm-hmm. Name me an orange team that demonstrates the capacity to be consistently good. College football, there's a handful. Outside no, of college, professional sports, I, I don't have any. Or maybe that's the issue. What, orange. that there's not enough teams wearing orange? I think no, the, the too many the too many teams are wearing orange. The t- the, all the teams, orange is the, is the through line. Hmm. The Knicks... The Knicks. Yeah. The Knicks are horrible. Is there any other basketball team with orange? The Phoenix Suns? Maybe. They were bad. Which for also a long time. not an endorsement of yeah. the color orange? No. Uh boy, this is tough. It's it's a striking indictment. Because obviously the color blue. Because it's so ubiquitous. You can point to so many teams that have had sustained success in, in the color blue. I mean, mm-hmm. the Yankees and the Patriots right there. I mean, obviously, you, you leave the Tom Brady era. The Patriots have a much sadder existence. But uh, still, I, I mean, the color red, you've got like the St. Louis Cardinals that have been good for their entire existence. Um, well, every, there's like a billion teams that use red. So there's going to be a sure. billion successful teams that use the color right. red. Red and blue. Yeah, it's everyone. The Dodgers are great. Oh, one team that uh, that is orange that has always been good, uh, or is at least historically very, very good. San Francisco Giants. Uh, they're the only one. I they've sucked up all the power division. 
Yeah. They've harnessed all the energy of the color orange. Um, Ooh, Lindor just took a ball off the kneecap. That's bad. Cranky. Um, I guess let's just recap the series real quick. Let's start with the Rays Guardians one since that's the one we were just talking about. Uh, in the in the what ended up being two game set, the Rays lost the first game one to two, and the Guardians won the second game one to nothing. Um, that game, of course, going 15 innings. Uh, the Guardians best hitter by I guess let's use OPS was Oscar Gonzalez. Surprise, surprise, in nine at bats, he had Three hits, one of which was a home run, only three strikeouts. So he bat 333, 400, 667. Gotta love small sample sizes. Um, an OPS of 1067. Uh, by win probability added, is it is also Oscar Gonzalez, which is probably the better way of doing this. Uh, he added uh, 0.32 wins, um, which is a lot. Um, like, like one would essentially be in, he won the game or an entire game. So 0.32 is significant. The next highest is Luke Malley, um, who uh, had a win probability out of the 0.05. Um, on the race side, their best hitter was Vidal Bruhan. <laughs> they win probability added a 0.1, which is got to just be the timing of his sole hit in his two plate appearances by OPS. Plus, though, it was Isaac uh, Paredes, who was a Yankee killer this year. Um, although he also only had, uh, yeah, let's go with, um, Jose Siri then with his nine at bats. Um, although his sure. OPS was only five fifty six. That is so terrible. Oof. Uh, if yeah. you lose a series, oh, and two, um, you're probably not gonna have many great hitters. That's a good point. Uh, the guardians best pitcher by win prob- probability added and championship win probability added was Sam Hentges. Hentges. I don't really know how to pronounce it. I was not paying attention when he was uh, in the game. He um, pitched three innings, got a win, and had three strikeouts. So good for him. Uh, the Rays' best pitcher by both of those measures as well was Jason Adam, their reliever. Two innings pitched, one hit allowed, two strikeouts. Um, typically, like you, you, it is not uncommon to see these be um, relievers because of the leverage of the innings. Uh, yeah, so now the Guardians will go on to face the Yankees starting on Tuesday night. Um, we'll talk about the future matchups in a minute. Uh, well, let's move over to. Oh, real quick, uh, did you? Would you have picked the Guardians? I forget what we did. We definitely talked about this already. Did you pick the Guardians or did you pick the Rays to come out of that game alive? Um, that series, I should say. Pick? Uh, I probably. I don't know. I probably would have flipped a coin and gone the Guardians just solely on uh, their streak in the season. Um, I think in my bracket challenge, I picked the Guardians because I picked both of the not AL East opponents to Touché. to lose their to lose their to win their games, which is why I also picked the Mariners over the Blue Jays. Not for any math reasons, just why on earth would I root for the Blue Jays? So, uh, I would I would have picked the Mariners just to again. I wanted the Mariners to win. Don't let your memes just be dreams. Truth. You got to make that shit real. That's uh, a truth fact. Uh, so, so 
to which point the Seattle Mariners beat the Blue Jays in only the two games needed. They won the first game in what never really felt like much of a contest for nothing. And then they won the second game in what was a rather dramatic come from behind contest, winning 10 to nine on the back of a three run quote unquote double uh, resulting in George Springer leaving the game after colliding with shortstop. Uh, I always want to say Bo Burnham, um, Bo Bichette, uh, <laughs> causing a ball to drop into the shallow outfield and score three runs. Um, Wild, did you watch either of these games? Uh, no. I I I caught you, some of the game two. Yeah, I caught the end of game two because these were the games that started that were like the game had started while the first game was still on, and I was trying to be completionist with the first game I was watching. I was thinking about this. This is one of the downsides of uh modern smart tvs is that you do not have the channel flip button because mm. i kept thinking that while i was watching i forget what the first game of that day was it wasn't the cardinals game oh it was the guard it was the guardians game that went that went 15 innings because i kept sitting there thinking like to myself like i will finish watching this game but i wish i had that little fucking button on my remote that would toggle me back and forth because you can't do it on a smart TV. You have to exit an app, hunt down the next one and hop into it. And to constantly have to do that costs you too much time when you're trying to do something as delicate as navigate between commercials. What app were you watching it on? Uh, I, well, I watched the guardians game on, I think that was an ESPN game. And then I think the, Blue Jays game was the ABC game. One of them was a three of the four games were ESPN. One of the the four games was ABC. Got it. Uh, I was not able to watch it on the MLB TV app. Uh, That's bullshit. Yeah. So I don't have cable. So it was a bitch and a half trying to stream these games. (laughs) I use my parents login information. Uh, I have X. Xfinity for my internet and my parents have their Xfinity for cable. So depending on what channel it is, I cannot watch certain channels in my own home under my Wi-Fi because they know the accounts do not sync. I have a separate account on my parents' cable. Like I have a separate login and an email address that only exists for that cable login so it doesn't interfere because my, my old apartment we had xfinity wi-fi currently we have Verizon, so there's no issue with that mm. anyway but uh i have a, there's an email address a comcast email address that only exists for me to bum my parents wi-fi or bum my parents cable package which has not failed me yet you'll have to teach me your magic ways sir it's an email and a password my buddy <laughs> Sounds complicated. So, so so little math is involved. Um, yeah the best the best Soto player. No bunting. What? No, no, he's not. He just bunted uh, and advanced a runner. But I mean, that's incredibly okay. stupid. Sack bunt. I wow. Yeah, that's incredibly stupid. We'll address that later. It almost but it worked. It is stunning. Wow. Honest. Like it it almost worked. Was it was he, he heavily shifted? Up. No. That's the old because that's the only way it makes sense is he was trying to, you know, 
push a bunt down the third I, base line. They've been having uh, some serious uh, fuckery with the Mets pitchers with timing and uh, the yeah, pitch a lot com. Of stepping out of the box and yeah, yeah, a lot of pitch com issues. So I think they just wanted to get a guy on second base. It is pretty funny that MLB hasn't had a good answer for that, which feels like the most obvious drawback of the um, audio communication system. Because Randy brings him home. Finally, Manny does something. He has been radio silent the past two games, so I'm so glad to see him do something. That's my fucking guy. Uh, His strikeout earlier today was on a bullshit call, so. I know, but he was also real, real bad yesterday. Correct, correct. Um, because like you see this in NFL game, NFL teams, the NFL, <laughs> better way of putting it, has had um like radio communication to the uh, quarterback's helmet for decades now. Like it's it's mm-hmm. not even remotely new, and you see all the time with the 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 volume within NFL stadiums, especially come you know, late season games or playoff games, the difficulty with hearing those communications is the MLB surprised that the same thing's happening in a playoff baseball game. Cause what's going to become an issue, which isn't currently necessarily an issue um, because you can take the extra time to say, can't hear you. Let's just do the signs. Um, but if we're operating under a play clock, which will be next season, mm-hmm. That's going to be a problem. What they were discussing on the broadcast tonight was the possibility of having the pitcher use the pitch com on their wrist and just tell the catcher this is what's coming rather than back and forth. This, that's why I love David Cohn. I did. I, now that you mentioned that, I did hear him say, I love David Cohn. So, to hear David Cohn and Michael Kay have, um, national broadcaster of the playoffs makes me very happy because they're two wonderful announcers. Um, and, and it make it makes more sense. And he, and I think one of the points that he made, cause I, I completely forgot. He said this until you just said this. Um, one of the points that he had made was if we're already accepting that we're having the radio communication go from the catcher to the pitcher, then what's the point in not having it go the other way? Like there's no real argument to be had preventing it from going the other direction, which is mm-hmm. true. Um, so that'll be, yeah. And that's something that, you know, would genuinely speed up the, the game. Why and wouldn't it's not, you? And it's You're also doing everything of, else to attempt to do this piece by piece. Yeah. And, you know, we, we've seen pitchers make communications, not direct necessarily. Although I think Frankie has directly said what pitches are coming. He's um, told the but, matter. <laughs> yes. But like you know, pitchers already have forms of communication with the, um, the catcher that you know lets you know not necessarily what's coming, but that there is uh, communication does go back to the catcher in addition to going to the pitcher. It's not one sided. Anyway, anyway, roundabout, roundabout, roundabout. Uh, let's talk about the next series because we should. Uh, the Mariners beat the Blue Jays in two games. Like I said, the best hitter on the Mariners side of things by win probability added was Adam Frazier and his. Nine at-bats, four hits, a double, an RBI. He had a 1,000 OPS in the series. He had a win probability added of 0.47 and a championship win probability added of 3.27. So high marks on both sides. Uh, best player by OPS was actually the second best player by win probability added, which is Cal Raleigh, 
is eight at-bats, four hits, a double, a home run, and a walk, um, along with also a 1556 OPS plus best hitter on the blue Jays side of things by what win probability added was basically fucking nobody. Um, uh, a last place tie or first place tie between Matt Chapman and Santiago Espinal, who both contributed a whopping 0.08 win probability added, which comparatively is not very much. Um, they both played certainly very well, a 1016 OPS for Matt Chapman and a 1200 50 OPS for Santiago Espinal, but not really accomplishing much um, in terms of, I guess, helping their team win. Not timely, I, I think, is part of this whole chicanery. Not timely. Uh, yeah, the uh, best pitcher uh, by strikeouts. Who cares? That's the most fun one. Uh, Luis Castillo, who had a 7.1 inning outing, by far the most on his team to really just dominate game one uh, for the Mariners, for the Blue Jays. They had nobody go to six innings or even beyond. Best pitcher was probably Kevin Gaussman. Um, 5.2 innings and four earned runs. And now the Mariners will go over and tackle their division rival with the Houston Astros starting Tuesday afternoon. So, ooh. Uh, let's take a hop, skip, and jump over to the National League side of things as one of those series is wrapped up. The Philadelphia Phillies bested the St. Louis Cardinals in the minimum two games. Phillies winning in a dramatic come from behind in the ninth inning, um, winning 6-3 against the Cardinals in, in game one, and then um, completely shutting down the Cardinals on the back of a strong Aaron Nola performance in game two, winning two to nothing. Um, the best hitters in that game for the Phillies by win probability added was Gene Segura. Um, he had a 533 OPS. He collected one hit and no walks in the whole series, but I guess that one hit really was the one that <laughs> uh, made the dream come true. Who the fuck knows? The best uh, hitter by OPS was Alec Bohm on 1425. Best hitter on the Cardinal side of things, and this is actually going to be a relatively interesting discussion, uh, Juan Yepes and his five at-bats, uh, two hits, a home run, no walks, 0.32 win probability added, 1,400 OPS, best OPS on the team. Also, uh, with, with more than one at-bat anyway, is also Juan Yepes. Uh, this is an interesting conversation because the two worst hitters on the team by win probability added, Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado in that order, which is shocking not just because those are the big money dudes the 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 guy who, who the guys who get paid for these at bats you know the guys who get paid for these posting performance it's surprising because those two dudes are probably going to be one and two pick an order in mvp voting in the national league this year it's not just that they're the stars on the team and you kind of expect more from them. It's that they were legitimately two of the best three players in the national league this year and fucking disappeared between Dude. the two of them. They collected one hit, no walks, no RBIs, six strikeouts. I know your answer to this will be, it shouldn't matter and it doesn't matter, but do you think if the Padres advance, if the Padres continue on uh, and have a relatively deep playoff run with Manny Machado turning it on, 
do you think this playoff performance in a two game, excuse me, two game sample size will have an effect on the very close NL MVP race? No, because MVP voting happens before the playoffs start. Cool. So I sound very dumb. At least I think it does. Or does it happen before the World Series? I always thought it was before the World Series. I said it real confident, and now I don't remember. (laughs) I always thought it should happen after the World Series or after the regular season before the postseason, but whatever. I don't know. It shouldn't. You're right. That would be my answer. It shouldn't matter. Um, but uh, I don't know. It is just so strange because it's it's. If they were going up against the Dodgers, the Cardinals were against the Dodgers round one, and Goldie and Arenado got completely ass fucked. Like you go, all right. Well, that's the Dodgers. Like that's kind of what they do. It was the Phillies, <laughs> a team notorious for blowing it. Um, that's been their mo for the past. I don't know four seasons, five seasons, as they've tried to cobble together a playoff team and just kind of haven't because they blow it. And Goldie and Arenado are two dudes who have shown you time and time again this year that if you leave a mistake over the plate, they are going to demolish it. And one hit between the two of them. One. And it was a single. That's it. Not even like one hit, but it was Powered out for a home run. No, they disappeared. No, not even a walk. So you can't even rest on the fact that like, well, they had good at bat because they didn't. They did not have good at bats. They got handled. It's wild. Are you muted? Yes. I I actively muted myself to talk, which is so me. Uh, I get it. Over the course of the regular season, you have 600, 650 at-bats. It defined your entire season. Two games, eight plate appearances shouldn't be this much of a factor in how we look at your season. But my goodness, this is a three game wild card where you really can't make excuses. Like it's just, it shouldn't be that way. It arguably, isn't something we'll look back upon and be like, ah, they had great seasons. But oh, you remember those two games where they just sucked in the wild card? Your season's over, so there's nothing else to really say. Yeah, I mean, it is also funny because much was made of the one-two punch between Scherzer and DeGrom for the Mets, and obviously we're about to talk about the Mets pod series because that's the last one left to discuss. Um, but by far the most effective one-two punch in the this um wild card round was Nola Wheeler who I mean aren't bad pitchers at at all I mean they're both one would think really good pitchers combined for 11 war this year both have finished you know top two top three in Cy Young voting over you know a couple years the last couple years Zach Wheeler in second place Cy Young voting last season. Uh, Nola top 10 in 2020, top three in 2018. Um, We'll see where they finish (gasps) this year. What happened? Absolute robbery of a just an unbelievable catch uh, by Trent Grisham to uh, I don't think it would have gone out, but it was a 
a deep, deep center right field, right center field shot. Sorry, From that who, was who was the batter? Buck, uh, Mark Kana. Unreal catch. He's so good. Thanks, Trent. Hey, Gold Glover, man. Gets it for a reason. Gold Glover. Danny Gold Glover. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it like you said, it's one of those things like you can't predict it. It is unfortunate that the Cardinals got bounced so early only because they were having such a fun, like end of the line run for a lot of players, I think are relatively beloved Albert Pujols being the most um, he hasn't officially said anything yet, but Adam Wainwright, this very much so is could be not, I'm not going to say would be, but could be his, his farewell. And then Yadi Molina is also is, is retiring. Um, mm-hmm. And those three dudes, I mean, the, you know, those are three guys who have had a big influence in the league, who have been in the league for between the three of them, I don't know, combined for 600 years. Um, they're, they're, they're essentially the founding fathers of baseball. Uh, they discovered it. They are the true, the true admin I mean, double days with inside all three of them. Those three have combined to play more MLB seasons than you or I have been alive combined. I mean, even just two of them combined accomplished that feat. <laughs> Because one, we are younger than we get ourselves credit for, and two, they're not combined are fucking hilarious. Our ages combined oh, our are ages still combined. less than their careers combined. Uh, yeah, yeah. They are um they they've been doing it for a while. Actually, I'm just realizing that Adam Wainwright didn't pitch for the Cardinals. I guess he must have been their game three starter. I didn't, yeah. I didn't even process it because Jordan Montgomery I mean, was, it game makes two, sense. was game one and then Jose Quintana was game two. Um, hmm. Nuts. Uh, for reference, Yadier Molina, 19-year career. Uh, Albert Pujols, 22-year-long uh, career. And Adam Wainwright, 17-year career. So that's, what, 50, uh, yeah, 58 years. Nicholas started game two. Oh, then Jordan Cardinals. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. I missed that. Jordan Montgomery came out in relief. Uh, I guess he yeah, would have been. Was, I honestly yeah. would rather have had Jordan Montgomery start game three than Adam Wainwright. He's been on a tear since uh, he was traded. No, whatever. He started, I don't know he started off real strong, um, but he has been rough. Um, really? to finish out the season. Right, yeah. Fair. fair, fair, fair. You would know more than I. Yeah, his um, his last how many is this? Five starts in St. Louis before, heading into the postseason. He allowed sixteen runs. Oh sweet for, Jesus! An ERA of five point three three. Damn. Yes, great start to his Cardinals career, followed by oofy, ouchy, that's real, real bad. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Um, anywho, so that brings us into the final series, the one that is still ongoing as we're recording this, but will be finished up, wrapped up by the time that you're listening to this, which is the 
Mets Padres series. Of course, as we are recording this, the Padres are winning by a score of four to nothing. So we would expect at this point for that score not to sell to hold, but we would expect that series to we'd expect that series to go to Brown Town. Okay. All right. Um, uh, I can't help but imagine this is what sex with you sounds like. <laughs> These high-pitched, goofy-ass noises that you're making, <laughs> which are so unlike regular conversational you. Yeah, oh, yeah, totally different. Anyway, <laughs> as it stands right now, the Padres and the Mets, like I said earlier, are the only two teams that have actually traded a win and a loss. The Padres winning game one, seven to one, and the Mets winning game two, seven to three. Um, the Padres... I mean, ravaged Max Max Scherzer um, in what was really quite a stunning start to the series. And then the Padres did enough uh, business to Jacob DeGrom that one would think maybe they would end up taking that game or at least hold it close. But the Padres bullpen just shit the bed as the Mets got all over him, running away with, a, I think it was a fourth, a four run. What was it? Sixth or seventh? Um, I don't have the box score in front of me. Yeah, it was something to, like that. Yeah, to really kind of put that game four run seventh. There we go. To really kind of put the game behind them. Um, anyway, so far the best performers have been on the Mets side. This is not count tonight's game because these numbers have not been updated. Uh, but Francisco Lindor for the Mets, best hitter so far by win probability added zero point one eight. He's got an OPS of eleven fifty nine and seven at bats. And the best hitter for the Padres thus far by win probability added has been Trent Grisham, 0.2. He's got two home runs. That'll do it. Uh, his OPS is 18.33. And I've got to say, as someone who's watched these two games probably the most intently, and I'm sure you're much the same, that feels yeah. right, too. It does. I mean, I'm so happy Lindor has had a bounce-back campaign this season. Um, he's the guy. Like, Pete Alonzo is definitely a very, very good hitter, but Lindor's kind of the heart and soul of that team. And, uh, uh, you know, as much as I'd love to see Juan Soto heat up, as much as I'd love to see Manny Machado just finish out his season with an absolute bang, Trent Grisham is a postseason dude. Um, and he has been unstoppable. They're pitching to him like he is their number four hitter. Or, or, you know, in the four hole. Um, he's, they just, uh, he's up to bat now and they pop this up on the screen. This is his fifth straight game in the postseason with an RBI. That's just pretty awesome. The man scores runs. Scores runs and plays gold glove defense. What more could you ask for? All he knows how to do. Fine dining. Mm-hmm. and breathing he's got a walk and an rbi single in the game so far yeah the difficulty with the mets and this is something that i don't know and i haven't looked into so i'm not going to look into at all um is that and is, is part of this is their team construction and, and part of this is my understanding of buck show walter the man which is i don't have the highest opinion of buck um as a what are you gonna modern do day mlb buck? manager is that they don't feel as equipped to match up against hitters when it comes to later innings as other teams do. This can work for you or against you, depending on, um, 
I don't know how well at your, his job, your manager is how, how proactive they are and how much they'll listen to what's being told of them for how the GM has constructed the organization. What happened? Uh, Grisham took a 97 mile an hour fastball to his back. They're trying to get back at him for being good. Yeah. No, uh, baseball rules are fun. And that, that's the price you pay when you're good and sexy at the same time. Yeah. Austin Nola, 375 average in the postseason is hilarious. Damn. It's just so I'll take funny. it. Um, not? Don't expect it, but I'll take it. Um, But yeah, the Mets, like, like for instance, how they handled – Oh my God, Edwin Diaz! Jesus Christ, I was say he's like one of the best pitchers in in the closer role this year. How can I not think of his name? The way they handled Edwin Diaz yesterday was questionable. I did not watch the end of the game, so I do not understand the context. Please elaborate. So essentially, they bring in Edwin Diaz, and I want to get the exact innings of it right so that I I convey this correctly. They bring in Edwin Diaz in the top of the seventh, right, to pitch to, you know, the powerhouse of Trent Grisham, Austin Nola, and Jerickson Profar, which already is like a... Why bring in the best pitcher left, uh, the best closer left in the postseason to pitch against those three dudes in the seventh? Like, already, this is a kind of an off-the-rails decision. So... Uh, Nola gets a single, so he faces four batters altogether. Throws just got another fucking hit. <laughs> 19 pitches. Fucking Austin Nola, you fucking weirdo. The bottom of the seventh is then when the Mets unravel the um, Padres pitchers. That The bottom of the seventh takes uh, 45 minutes. Like It takes forever because within that one inning are uh four runs that score and uh pitching change so a a lot goes on and lengthy at bats there's i'm seeing two walks uh, uh two strikeouts like it, it's it's a whole big long inning and it leads one to say well if you have a pitcher who throws like gas like edwin diaz throws gas do you want him sitting down cold for that long and then to come back into the game? That's a question with almost every pitcher, not even just relievers. It's a question for starters, too. It's mm-hmm. why when there's a rain delay, both teams bring in a new guy because you kind of can't just have someone sitting down for that long and then come back in. It's not good for their arm. And mm-hmm. that brings up to the question of the matchup issue because that's exactly what they did. Buck push Edwin Diaz back out there to face Machado, Bell, and Cronenworth, which would have made more sense than having him face Nola, Grisham, and and Profar, whoever the fuck I said it was. And after getting out two of those three guys, Josh Bell took a walk. He then puts in Adovino to get out Brandon Drury, which is also confusing because why not just start Adam Adovino out there in the first place? It's just... It's puzzling. Like it's very puzzling. If only they had Matt Harvey to abuse in this situation instead. And instead, it seems as though they're going to be abusing Edwin Diaz, which 
with an extended number of postseason games feels like a huge question mark. And to do so when you're up four runs going into the eighth inning is also kind of like, oh, did you need to do this? Like, yeah, four runs is certainly a surmountable quantity of runs. Right. But it is enough of a runway where you shouldn't have to commit manslaughter by pitcher usage. I don't know. I I was not a fan of how that was handled, and mm. I think that would be indicative. If the Mets make a postseason run, that's what I'm worried about. Is it's not? I'm not worried about Edwin Diaz, and I'm not worried about like the Mets starters. That transition, that transition to me seems highly suspect because I do not hold a high opinion of Buckshaw Walter. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily do either. Um, I have skin in this game, so I don't mind if they mismanage your skin? their players. Where in this game can I find your skin? Please uh, tell me where your skin is. Uh, I was not expecting a follow-up question. <laughs> really, no joke was prepared uh, before that where in this game his skin <laughs> is hiding. <laughs> You know, I'm a I bit of a jokester, if you will. But uh, listen, I'm not a magician. I can't if just Corbin, pull a rabbit out of a hat. If Corbin pops his shirt off and turns around so you can see his back, you'll see two baseball-shaped cuts out of his back. He is one of today's baseballs. Yeah, I was the one uh, that scored the run those times. <laughs> Same baseball. Great work, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. I would be a real shit magician because instead of just, you know, creating some rabbit in a hat in which to pull out of, I'm just sitting there waiting for a rabbit to show up. And boy, I'd those kids are going to be waiting a while. I'd love to see you at an improv show. Like, someone give me a topic. Chess. Different topic. Who's got one? I didn't hear anything. <laughs> Did someone say Penn State football? <laughs> Did someone say aggressively bad shits? If we ever got into fantasy football or continue with like a golf outing and there's some sort of loser bet in something we do, 10 minutes of improv, five minutes of improv, whatever it is, would be a gold mine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. All right, so actually, uh, sorry, just to wrap this back around because it's, we've been taking a while on this. So uh, the winner of this game will go on to face the Dodgers. The other games we have set, so let's do a real quick um, who you got. We don't have to get v- very in-depth on this because the games will start next week. Who cares? Yankees-Guardians. Who do you got in that series? And give me a really quick why. Uh, I have the New York Yankees because they are leaving a Raldness Chapman in New York. I guess they're already hosting, um, but you know, yeah. Um, I would take the Yankees here too. The guardians obviously have a really mean pitching, but they've also shown a wild inability to hit runs and they've shown a kind of an inability to hit home runs. They've got, I think they had one in that series and that was the walk off in the bottom of the 15th. Whereas the Yankees, I'm not saying I'm going to rely on to get a consistent string of hits, but I would all would rely on their capability of hitting a handful of long balls um, during that series. Uh, plus 
I I just don't buy into the Guardians um, all the way. They've got some good pitching in, you know, like Shane Bieber and Tristan McKenzie, but I don't buy them as a deep run team. Uh, the Mariners against the Astros. Who do you have in that series? Let's go Mariners, baby. Realistically, this should be the Astros, but fuck, wouldn't it be so much better if it wasn't? Wouldn't life be so much better if it wasn't? Oh, yes. You look confused. Tell me what's happening. Uh, a long, drawn-out conference with all of the umps in which they did a full pat-down of Joe Musgrove checking for foreign substances, which yielded nothing. Uh, it's because King Kong ain't got shit on him. That is correct. As he shouted <laughs> to a packed city field. Um, while beating his chest before being gunned down by, I think it's the Yakuza. I forget how that movie ends. Um, <laughs> seen it. You never seen Training Day? Oh, I thought you were still talking about fucking King Kong. I've seen Training Day. Uh, it Denzel is left uh, to That's die last in line. the streets. King Kong ain't got shit on me. Really? Yeah. Uh, sorry, I, I don't remember the movies I watched verbatim. I mean, it's only one of like the most famous line from any Ethan Hawke movie, which is how that movie should be described. Tell your friends the only it's not a Ethan Denzel Hawk Washington movie, movie I've ever seen is the one where he eats those people on a plane. That's every Boyhood. Ethan Hawke movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, Ethan Hawke eats people in every single one of his movies. Yeah, yeah. That's his actor secret: cannibalism. I know you love Eduardo Escobar, but he just... I love Eduardo a, Escobar. Uh, you always talked him up as... I, I feel like you have a higher opinion of him than I do. Uh, but he just took a wild hack on like... of Ephus pitch a foot inside the zone. And it just was silly. Eduardo, what I love about hilariously bad swings is that as long as they're not too frequent, you can roll back to the adage of for hitters. If you're not guessing, you're not trying because part of the idea is you have to take a stab at, is this going to be a fastball or is this going to be an off speed? That's the idea behind he's sitting fastball. He's sitting curveball, whatever is you're, right. you're trying to guess. So as long as those swings aren't Javi Baez levels of frequent, you can at least write it off as being like, ah, okay, bad guess. He was gonna, he was going to swing at this pitch no matter what, and this one just didn't work out. But sometimes you see a swing so bad that makes you go, what I could have done fuck? that one. It's one of the few things oh. that happened in, in a professional sports event that I genuinely could have done. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if you want me to just guess and swing, I could do that all damn day. God, I, I I know you play and will be the show. I, I've trying tried to play here and there just to, you know, keep it going. And it's fucking it's hard. Disastrous. It's so hard. It is disastrous. I, I I hate that there is no like they have like easy, easy settings for for swinging. I really wish there was just a I want to swing at this pitch and I don't want to swing at this pitch button because goddamn I can't do any more than that. Need to make this a little bit more binary for you, please. Yeah. Um, jumping back into the Mariners Astros, 
sure. it will be the Astros. It would be better if it was the Mariners. Um, yeah. That's all there really is to say about that. America's favorite team versus America's most hated team. We must all embrace the SOG. Yep. Let's get soggy. Um, the Phillies against the Braves. Who do you got and why? Uh, the Braves are lightning hot and the Phillies are not. I uh, just don't think they'll be able to hold up to a very, very complete and hot team. Uh, and I work in the Delco area and I don't want to see all those people happy. Yeah, I mean, the the the. The Atlanta has shown over the course of the end of the season that they are extremely well-constructed and a talented group of fucking baseball players, which is how they managed to usurp the Mets on the final moments of the regular season, which of course means that the Phillies will win the series <laughs> by some outlandishly stupid shit that we will, uh, like Aaron Noel is going to have to pinch hit for some godforsaken reason and hit a grand slam. Like, it's going to be so dumb that Atlanta fans will refuse to accept it. And Philly fans who will get bounced from the playoffs eventually will use as fodder to talk shit for decades to come. Chipper mm-hmm. Jones will have to commit ritual suicide because it will be so weirdly embarrassing. It's who knows. Growing up, the Phillies, like my childhood folks, they're Sorry. like, the style, their design, holy shit. Oh, Soto, thank you. Sorry. Like, the font is, like, silly, fun, not too serious, almost Comic Sans-ish. The Philly fanatic, super goofy, lovable. It Green. just seemed like the, oh, they're a fun, loving team, uh, whatever, nothing too serious, nothing too scary. It's the Phillies. And then you meet Phillies fans. And holy shit, it's just like I I don't I don't have a reference on deck to really drive home the point, but it is a dark side of 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 fandom for sure. Philly in general, of course, but like well to, to your point, it's like you, you look at the very like dark ominous hue that is Eagles Green. And you go, ah, yes, this is like if there was an NFL team in Gotham and they chose green as their color, this is the shade of severe darkness of of a depressed people living in a dystopian society. And then you look at the Phillies uniforms, which is almost the exact like it, it's like Metropolis and Superman. It's like, oh, look, everybody here reads the Daily Planet and everyone here like is best friends with Clark Kent and everyone's got a good job, but it's the same people. So the colors don't represent the attitude in the slightest because in the Eagles won the world, won, won, won the Super Bowl. It's like we're eating dog shit, and throwing batteries. And then when the, the Phillies are in town, it's like same crowd, fuck face. Don't let the colors fool you. I hate to rain in your parade, sir, but. Gotham does have a football team and it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. And with Heinz Ward. Yes. I'm with Heinz Ward. Yes. Yeah. Um, have you have you accepted the fact that the Steelers no longer play at Heinz Field? They play at Heinz Field. It just goes by a different name. What's what's it called? They said it during the broadcast last week, and I like refused to hear it. AccuSure Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. It's a fucking joke. 
Oh my god. Is it is AccuSure oh god stadium better or worse than um where the White Sox play guaranteed rate field? Uh guaranteed rate field is much worse because there's no hiding behind it. Like AccuSure AccuSure not AccuSure AccuSure oh, okay. Ooh, that's even if worse. that was there for a hundred years, it would be like, oh yeah, that's Acrisure. Sure. It doesn't mean anything. It's just right. a bunch of letters making One of those, a word like pharma that nonsense names. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. Uh guaranteed rate field. We all know what it is. We all know why it's called that. It's silly. It's the name stupid. of your stadium is a sales pitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's all go down to the Mall of America Stadium, guys. Let's hey, follow me. Let's go down to the best Western Plus field. We could definitely pull up a rankings and do that for like a special episode of the worst named stadiums. That could be a lot of fun. One of the best corporate sponsors, two of the best corporate sponsored stadiums are the Great American Ballpark. Sure. The US Great American is an insurance company. Sure. I'm sure I knew that, but it would not be something I'd be able to pull off the top of my head. Worked with them frequently in my last job, um, which is always kind of funny because it was like Cincinnati. Hey, I see you. And City Field. Yeah. Great sponsorship with the with the naming. Honestly, the the Yankee sponsor, uh, Yankee Stadium. It fits. It's It's not sponsored. It's just we haven't sold our souls. Which could have been said about about the Marlins up until like two years ago when they switched from Marlins Stadium to Lone Depot Park, where they Lone. were like the P is lowercase because the only capital here is the letter D, and then everyone said that's fucking stupid, eat yes. shit and die. Yep, 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 yep. Anywho, um, how do you feel before we move over to football? How do you feel about this playoff format, especially for Wild Card Week? What I want Soto doing his Soto shuffle, but instead, like, essentially twerked. Um, it's hard you to stifle that twerk. laughter. You, you, yeah, you got the East twerk. Um, um, it's you said Lone Depot, Lone Depot is actually on the mounds as like a uh, you know, how in superimposed advertising, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I'm so happy that they have a three-game series now instead of a single game. Yeah, I. it's tough to say it's any less random because we can all acknowledge that even three-game sets, like bad teams beat good teams. All I think the Pirates mm-hmm. have a winning record this year against the Dodgers in they the do. regular season. They do, yeah. and like, it's not close. I was about to say, I think it's like – Five to one or some shit. Five and like one. It, yep. Yeah, it's crazy, and that there's still that level of random. Like again, I am su- surprised to a certain degree that all these games, all these series, is were sweeps, mm-hmm. barring this one. Like that's crazy to me, but that's also, for lack of a better term, real baseball. Real baseball is played in three game sets, and to that effect, it's pretty cool. It's unfortunate to a degree that a division winning team doesn't get to see the division round of the playoffs. <laughs> like the Cardinals won their division and don't get to go through the divisional round. Oof. Well, 
Sorry. Maybe you should have two of the best players in baseball play better. Maybe you will. Yeah, yeah. Because you know what? You had home field advantage. Like, eat a dick. Um, So, like, that sucks to a certain degree. But I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of this. And it lets it be a whole weekend. And it's been exciting. It's been super exciting. It, it's been great because I think we've all been on the wrong side of one of these one-game playoff games where you go, yeah, if we just had a chance to come back at it tomorrow because then the players wouldn't have been pressing so much in the first game because mm-hmm. it takes a little bit of the stress off of game one, but not too much that it's like cavalier. And it's been thrilling. I've so enjoyed having four games this weekend instead of also just the usual two, because that was the other thing is, you know, it was just the one wild card, the, 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 the two wildcard teams, one game playoff winner moves on to the ALDS that, or NLDS. Yeah. This is two games each league, which has filled up my whole weekend in, in ways I could only imagine. So there's nothing wrong with that phrasing, but it felt dirty. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So I guess let's take this on over to the NFL. Um, Corwin, how did your uh, before do uh, before we move on? Uh, do you have any thoughts on uh, Aroldis Chapman? I don't remember if you actually made any. So there's uh, as far as I see, hey, it, Corwin. there are two possibilities of what happened. Option one, which is far more likely, but significantly less interesting, is Aroldis Chapman said. Yeah, I'm not making the postseason roster because I had a bad year, and I know that to be a fact, and I'm a big baby, so I'm just not going to show up. They can't tell me I can't come in if I just don't go. Like, that's essentially how I imagined his mental. They're going to invite me anyway. I'm just not going to go. That's that's my my POV of Heraldus Chapman, um, which, again, feels likely, but it's less interesting. The more interesting one is the Yankees didn't want to be the one to tell him not to come. And they just never told him where practice was. <laughs> like, how well, great would it be? Show up. How great would it be if a Chapman, like, you know, Monday morning or some shit like that, had an article come out where he was like, they, 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 they told me <laughs> we were practicing at some facility in Passaic. I show up. There's no one there. I, I, I don't realize what's happening in time. I've been I've been fooled. This was this was a ploy. This was a ploy. They had it in for me, um, which no one would believe, but me, who is inventing this conspiracy theory. <laughs> and um, it'd be it'd be way funnier. It'd be so much funnier um, if the Yankees were just like, we don't have the backbone. We don't want this decision to be ours, so we're going to take the decision making out of it by making the situation insane. Um. But yeah, uh, fuck him. I didn't want him on the team. for No Yankee fan has wanted him on this team for the several years. Um, one, because he is a bad guy and fuck. No Yankees shit. fans. Uh, some Yankees fans. I'm, yeah, yeah. Some of us are terrible. Um, no self-respecting Yankee fan has wanted Domingo Herman or Aroldis Chapman on this team for years. And the fact that this is how his career is going out with a down season, which has been a bad year for him and in shame is at least fitting because he fucking sucks and doesn't deserve to go out on a high note. So even though his negative performance directly impacted my favorite baseball team, good. I'm glad that your end of career year kind of stunk for you, 
and that you have to leave in shame like an asshole. Fuck you. Suck a dick. It's okay. Still abhorrently wealthy. You don't give a shit. Uh, yeah, my scorn means nothing. But at least it still feels it in my heart, I guess. Yeah. Um. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Moving over to the NFL. How'd you see those do today? Fuck you. How'd they do? They they did not well. They lost 38-3 to to the Buffalo Bills. Kenny Pickett attempted 52 passes. Oh, my God. 52. How was um, it? How many got completed? Uh, I don't have the stat line. It was like roughly two thirds. He had a, a relatively decent game. No touchdown passes. Well, None. no touchdown scored by the Steelers. So, yeah, obviously deductive reasoning is a thing. Uh, shut up. Um, why would I Google Kenny Pickett and not 34 for 52? Thank you. 327 yards, one interception. So that's awesome. Four interceptions, no touchdowns through uh, one and a half games for Kenny Pickett. Love that, even though those are stats that don't really matter. That being said, uh, what a disappointing performance. I get it's the best team in the NFL. I get this was a incredibly hard ask for a rookie making his first start but my goodness this this sucks didn't get to watch the game uh i have it recorded are you going to view it i watch what i needed i i think i am i think i am just for clarity's sake and, yeah at least you can already be braced for disappointment right like i know what's happening so i can't be ripping my hair out watching it but fuck man just I, I was hoping for a fight to be put up i i'm also surprised not that like i thought the steelers would beat the bills but i mean anytime there's a 35 point discrepancy in an nfl game it's surprising because that's an uncommon thing to do so yeah, yeah. um Speaking of massive point differentials in NFL games, how'd your team do? My Jets. My Jets are are have a winning record in week five. The Jets. The New York Jets. The New York have a football winning Jets. Record in week five, which is insanity. And I am beyond thrilled. The team looks good. They can't stop the run for shit. Or <laughs> he mostered whatever he wanted to to that defense. But the offense looks legit. Brees Hall looks like a fucking monster. I have never I have I have gasped at several of his runs because they were so ridiculous and insulting. He curb stomped. The, the the Miami secondary at various stages of the game, just literally dragging them with him. I had the, the thought that he looked like and flashes Le'Veon Bell with the patience because there were various points where he took pauses and stutters that reminded me of watching Le'Veon with the Steelers. 
Now, obviously, I'm not Love trying that. to say he is going to become Le'Veon Bell because that is one of the best running backs of the early 2010s. Like, you know, don't put not trying to put that kind of hype on him or pressure on him. But it was really cool to see because it feels like a lot of Jets running backs have just been, you know, I have the ball and here I go, <laughs> which only works with great consistency if you are a gigantic freak like uh, Derrick Henry. <laughs> Or the man who refused to die, like um, Frank Gore, um, it's 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 <laughs> tough to be consistent. So, uh, or like a Marshawn Lynch, just like a jacked freak unit of a dude with amazing speed, in addition to mountainous size. Um, but to see one of our dudes just kind of be like, "I'm gonna tap dance and then here I go," um, <laughs> was uh, it's a blast. It's a fucking blast to watch. Garrett Wilson looks incredible. Zach Wilson also a great game. Great game from yeah. from the from the kid, and what is only his second start, including preseason of the year. So I mean, really, this dude had one preseason drive, and that was it until last week. So to see him coming out looking hot is amazing. I am. How many touchdown passes, Josh? I'm going to be honest. I don't have the stats up in front of me, and I kind of forget. I don't think he had any. I don't. I know no. he had a rushing touchdown. He had a rushing I touchdown. I, ooh, I don't remember now. I was just so won over with the fact when when it looked like the Jets were going to score 40 points, I was like getting excited that we were going to score 40 because I couldn't think of the last time we did that. Uh, yes, no, no passing touchdowns. Four rushing touchdowns. Michael Carter had two. Braxton Berrios had one, and Zach Wilson had one. Uh, Brees Hall had one too. Uh, and it must just be showing the top three. Yeah, there were five rushing total. Rushing yeah, that would make more sense because I could have sworn Brees Hall had a one-yard rush after he had like ran thirty-something yards to get to the almost end zone. So that would make more sense. Um, I'm on CBS. Or the NFL.com scores page, which is not great. Gotta say, bad website for this. I will not be revisiting. Um, anyway, though, the Jets are still technically third in their division. I would have assumed that this would put them higher since they um, beat the Dolphins, and I would have expected that to give them the head-to-head tiebreaker matchup. But I guess the division win total must be higher in the hierarchy of tiebreakers since Miami is two and one in the division. The Jets won nothing and nothing. They, they, they This was their first divisional matchup of the season so far. Um, so they're, they're, they're tied for second, which is again, hilarious and insane. Um, Do the Jets make the playoffs? Fucking of course they do. Of course they do. Uh, they're not going to win, not going to lose a game the rest of the season. Um, those are my Jets. They they get it done. Uh, other scores from around the NFL. Uh, we already talked Colts-Broncos was embarrassing and stupid, and both teams should be fired into the sun. Um, the Giants beat the Packers. It was a pretty big upset in the wee hours of the morning, 27 to 22. I did not get the chance to watch the game because I had things going on in the morning and uh, it's not my team. I um, watched the end of it and the Giants made a wildly impressive goal line stand 
with like a minute left. Uh, or I forget exactly how it played out. There might have been like a minute and a half, two minutes left. But they had like three batted passes. Down, uh, I, saw, I saw awesome. the final one. Yeah. Um, really cool. Uh, really cool win. I was so happy to see the Packers lose. I have no love in my heart for the New York football giants outside of my man, Saquon Barkley. But seeing Aaron Rodgers lose and his stupid haircut falling out from his hat on the sideline was was glorious. I have two questions for you about this win. Okay. One, what has you more impressed to start the year? The Giants going four and one or the Jets going three and two? Giants going four and one. Because the Giants were a worse team last year. And four and one is silly. Like the, the Jets going three and two, like yeah, they've had some games in there that were close. They had, regardless, I I would have hoped the Jets improved. I had thought the Jets were going to improve. I did not see this in a million years from the Giants. Yeah, and honestly, the Giants have done it against some better competition, like beating the Packers, which is an, been an inconsistent team, even though their record has been very good over the course of the past 10 years. They go through moments where they lose really, really weird games and have to come from behind frequently, which obviously makes the record look good because it is good, but like they, they a lot a lot of Packers games come down to the waning moments of the game. Um but still four and one is why so and that actually leads me to my follow up question of is this record good for the Giants? Because part of me was wondering today like I can't imagine Shane and Dable are looking at Daniel Jones as the quarterback of their future. And that's not to say that they would want to fail because no NFL coach and GM wants to fail. And if anything, I'm sure Dable and Shane are looking at this as a massive successes of their roster construction and coaching um, schemes within the short time frame that they've had to do it. However, this is putting them in a tougher and tougher position to acquire a young quarterback to actually continue to build around and find continued success with, which again, I still don't think Daniel Jones is that guy. What do you think? I'm sorry. I got distracted by a tweet from Andrew McCutcheon of all people saying Joe Musgrove. He says, I guarantee Joe Musgrove has red hot on his ears. The heat causes players to it makes them feel like they can like lock in and focus but doesn't add any like stickiness like it's very slippery it's the opposite of you know a sticky tacky substance i i i can't wrap my head around putting hot sauce on your ears yeah you think he meant icy hot not red hot he said red hot I don't know. I, it hot. was a very well-written tweet, so I imagine it was proofread with it being the entire subject of the tweet, but fucking part what? Of, when, when, when people say that type of shit, part of you has to wonder, like, are you eating hot sauce right now? I just decided to make some shit up. <laughs> like, because that's all it sounds like. It sounds like Andrew McCutcheon was at home eating chicken wings and, like, decided to make something up. Oh. And him for a problem. Red hot. 
is a not profit nonprofit dedicated to fighting AIDS through pop culture. That makes more sense. So he has AIDS research behind his ears? No, he he has AIDS, I think is what I'm getting from this. <laughs> okay. Comments from the peanut gallery. <laughs> Probably deserved. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, I guess let's keep keep going with the scores, real quick. Uh, we already did Steelers Bills. The Chargers beat the Browns uh, thirty to twenty eight. Which um, who cares? The Texans beat the Jaguars in what appeared to be probably the second most boring game of the week, thirteen to six. The Vikings beat the Bears twenty nine to twenty two. Patriots trounced the Lions twenty nine to nothing. Which Honestly, that was surprising. Um, it was surprising to see both the Patriots' offense explode like that, and their defense to shut. Not that the Lions are a, you know a killer offensive team or anything, but still to see them get completely shut out by the Pats is wild. Um, the Saints beat the Seahawks on the back of a good Geno Smith performance. Uh, sorry, w- over a good Geno Smith performance, I should say. Uh, the Bucks beat the Falcons you know, with a questionable um, running the passer penalty. Titans beat the Commanders um, and the 49. Oh, sorry. The 49ers beat the Panthers 37 to 15 and the Eagles beat the Cardinals uh, 20 to 17. Oh God. I keep finding scores. I forgot about uh, the Cowboys beat the Rams 22 to 10. Oh, are the Rams done? Oh yeah. They're dead. They are. Like they're yes. Yeah. Now we've talked about this eventually happening for a while. The Rams got their Super Bowl win. So if you're a Rams fan, do you really care? Like, no, you you're a Chargers fan. Though. Coming. You're a Chargers fan now. Oh, you're the other yellow and blue team fan yes. in Los Angeles. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. That should that feels like it should be outlawed. Do you Two think if you're in a blood color in Los Angeles, you're upset that the Kings and uh, the Crips have all the sports memorabilia and you're stuck with like the fucking angels. Yeah, that does suck. Must be really disappointing. You could do the, uh, do the Clippers have red gear? I know there's some they red do. in their uniforms. Yeah, they, they, they had red Clippers. uniforms. I don't know if they still do. And I guess the Lakers is neutral colors, right? Yellow and purple. Yellow is the LA Kings, Latin Kings. Oh, is it? And purple, I think, is one, too. Hmm. Sorry, I'm not good at my gang affiliation colors. I want to Google gang colors and see what happens. This is the most suburban dad shit I've ever seen in my entire life. (laughs) Honey? Honey, did you know that Fuchsia has gang ties in Albania? Yeah, yeah, crazy shit. Better be careful when you wear that dress. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm not in on whatever uh, these maps are showing me. Uh, you, you know it's some complex shit when cartography also fails us. <laughs> uh, anyway, let, let's, let, let's wrap this shit up so we can get out of here. Um. We'll get more in depth on what's happened within these NFL games, stand-up performances, maybe like a quarter of the season check-in um, 
in the when the Thursday episode, once all the stats are finalized and hit our um, uh, stats websites, I guess. Uh, as it stands right now, the Ravens are beating the Bengals ten to six. That's where we are at timeline wise, um, in terms of where we are in that Mets Padres game. It's the bottom of the seventh. San Diego is still winning four to nothing, but the Mets have a runner on Pete Alonso up at bat. Uh, and only one out in the inning, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Corbin, anything for you before we get out of here? Go Padres. Go Padres. All right, well, if you would like to uh, send emails to the show, you can do so at Juice and Pod. If you'd like to send, uh, follow Corbin on Twitter, you can do so at Corbin Halliburton. Follow myself on Twitter, you can do so at Joshua D. Tracy. If you follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at Juicing the Numbers at, um, no, just at Juicing Pod. I think I fucked up my whole outro, but whatever, who cares? Uh, until Thursday, y'all have a good one. Yeah. Uh-huh.